fees during its 45-year history. Fees have never been charged for any services, materials, medications, or supplies provided at the Berkeley Free Clinic. Income has been generated solely via individual or organizational donations and government programs. To volunteer your time or to make a donation, or for more information, visit berkeleyfreeclinic.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Meals on Wheels is dedicated to fostering independent living for San Francisco seniors by providing hot, nutritious meals delivered to their homes. They're committed to fostering independent living for as long as possible. For more information, please call Meals on Wheels at 415-920-1111. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. They call it Stormy Monday But Tuesday's just as bad They call it Stormy Monday But Tuesday's just as bad Wednesday's worse and Thursday's also sad Yes, the eagle flies on Friday And Saturday I go out to play Eagle flies on Friday and Saturday I go out to play Sunday I go to church Then I kneel down and pray Crazy about my baby Yeah, 
might like to drink milk you might like to eat caviar you might like to eat bread maybe sleeping on the floor sleeping in a king-size bed but you're gonna have to serve somebody Of course, uh, Bob Dylan there with You Gotta Serve Somebody, and you know it's true. The choices we all make in our lives <clears throat> each day affect us, either bring us forward as a group, as a class, or a step back. You're going to have to serve somebody. And before that, we had T-Bone Walker with those working class blues, a.k.a. Stormy Monday Blues. And uh, this is Labor and Love. This is the show where we bring it to you. We let you know that whenever one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, there's another person who worked for a dollar they didn't get. And if you don't have a seat at the table, at the negotiating table, that is, you're probably on the menu. Somebody's talking about you instead of talking to you or to your representative. And never but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. Good morning. This is Labor and Love. Your weekly labor magazine. And we're coming at you from Mutiny Radio on 2781 21st Street, corner of Florida. In the heart of the mission, El Mero Mero. Come on down to Mutiny Radio. We got it all. Cutting edge. Comedy. Video, music, radio, art. We're an art space where you can exhibit your work. Open to the community. Come on in. Let's talk. 
Mutiny Radio can be the voice of the community. At any rate, last week we started a celebration of Joe Hill, Union Troubadour. I want to finish that up on November 19th, 1911, I think. I'll have to look that up. Joe Hill was murdered, in effect, in Utah for uh, a crime which most people think uh, he didn't... He didn't... uh, He didn't do the crime. At age 36, Hill was convicted and executed in Salt Lake City on what are widely seen as trumped-up murder charges. Despite a near-complete lack of evidence, Utah's governor, who had campaigned on the promise to crack down on unions in the mines where Hill was working, refused to commute the sentence or grant Hill's demand for a new trial. Hill's fellow workers recognized the crime. Hundreds of thousands joined protests, wrote letters, and passed resolutions demanding Hill's release. 30,000 thronged his funeral in Chicago. His ashes were scattered the world over. Joe Hill. And this is... uh, Well, let's start with introduction to the IWW, of which Joe Hill was a member. What's your name? Sam Scarlett. What's your religion? The IWW. That ain't no religion. The only one I got. Who's your next of kin? I don't have any. Well, who's your best friend? Big Bill Haywood. He's in here with you. He's still my best friend. What's your nationality? None. Well, what country are you a citizen of? I am a citizen of industry. Where is your home? Cook County Jail. Before that? County Jail, Cleveland, Ohio. And before that? City Jail, Akron, Ohio. Look, are you a citizen? No. I'm an industrial worker of the world. They condemned the whole system of what they call dog-eat-dog, you know, this idea that everybody lived off of everybody else and mostly off the working class. Uh, When they voiced these ideas, of course, they... They upset people, and people were just upset with those words. IWW was a was a fear was a fear phrase for ten or fifteen years in the United States. You know, a lot of their slogans put out used to tickle me. One they used an awful lot was "Trust in the Lord and sleep in the street." Another one was "Jesus saves the willing slaves." Remember <laughs> that? We'd pass through them all over the country, little uh, 
little two-by-four stickers, you know. Or gumbled on the back, you just wet them and stick them up on them. There is power, there is power in a band of working men. When they stand, when they stand, hand in hand, hand in hand. That's a power, that's a power that must rule in every land. One industrial union song and we'll have an intermission. Producer Joe Hill by Joan Baez. I dreamed I saw Joe last night. Life has you for me. This is I, but Joe, you're ten years dead. I never died, says he.
the sky when you die, that's the lie. The starvation army they play, and they shout and they clap and they pray. Uh, when they got all your coins on the drum, uh, they will tell you when you're on the bomb. You will eat, you will eat by and by in that glorious land in the sky where I work and pray. Live on hay, uh, you'll get by in the sky when you die. That's why holy rollers and jumpers come out. They jump and they shout I give your money to Jesus, they say And you'll eat on that glorious day You will eat, you will eat by and by In that glorious land in the sky Where I work and pray Live on hay You'll get by in the sky when you die That's right, working folks of all countries unite When this world and its wealth we have gained Back to the correctors will sing this refrain You will eat, you eat by and by When you learn how to cook and how to fry Chop some wood, do you good
just crossed my mind Driving that train, I'm cocaine Casey Jones, you better watch your speed Bust in here. That was uh, Casey Jones by the Grateful Dead. Uh, we started out with introduction to the IWW. What's your religion? The IWW. That's no religion. It's the only one I got. Who's your best friend? Big Bill Haywood. He's in here with you. He's still my friend. So the IWW, this was, we tend to forget the way history has taught us. The way we learn it, that this was a period of immense rallies and campaigns. Uh, very widespread and militant, sometimes violent. Uh, struggles for free speech and unions and workplace rights and an end to child slavery and on and on. Uh, all right, let's get on. I wanted to say that was uh, by uh, Casey Jones by the Grateful Dead. And we're going to follow with another Casey Jones song, one written by uh, Joe Hill, who we're celebrating today on uh, the 100th anniversary, around that, of his execution by the state of Utah. Some more details on that after what. So listen up. Casey Jones, Union Scab. The workers on the SB line for strikes are not a call But Casey Jones, the engineer, he wouldn't strike at all His boiler, it was leaking, and the driver's on the bum And the engines and the bear, and they were all out of plumb Casey Jones Kept his junk pile running Casey Jones Was working double time Casey Jones Got a wooden medal For being good and faithful on the SB line the worker said to Casey, won't you help us win this strike? But Casey said, let me alone, you'd better take a hike. Well, Casey's wheezy engine ran right off the wheezy track, and Casey hit the river with an awful smack. Casey Jones hit the river bottom. Casey Jones 
broke his blooming spine. Casey Jones turned into an angel. He got a trip to heaven on the SP line. When Casey got to heaven way up to that pearly gate, he said, I'm Casey Jones, the guy that pulled the SP freight. You're just the man, said Peter, our musicians are on strike. You can get a job of scabbing any time you like. Casey Jones got a job in heaven. Casey Jones was doing mighty fine. Casey Jones went scabbing on the angels, just like he did to workers on the SP line. Well, the angels got together, they said it wasn't fair For Casey Jones to go around a scabbing everywhere The angels union number 23, they sure were there They promptly fired Casey down the golden stair Casey Jones, I went to hell a flying Casey Jones, the devil said oh fine Casey Jones, get busy shoveling sulfurs What you get for scabbing on the SP line And that was Pete Seeger with a Casey Jones song. Uh, Casey Jones was reputedly a, an engineer, driver of big locomotives, a railroad engineer, and um, there was a strike on, as the song describes, and Casey Jones refused to join the strike and scabbed, crossed the picket line to go to work, and was eventually overworked by the bosses who did not appreciate his uh, allegiance to them. He was overworked, and in the case of the Grateful Dead, he was taking cocaine to stay awake, and uh, his train crashed. And uh, that was Joe Hill's song about that. So we had... uh, the Union Scab um, by Joe Hill, sung by Pete Seeger. Before that, we had Casey Jones, version by The Grateful Dead. And the one before that was The Rebel Girl, sung by Hazel Dickens. And the Rebel Girl was Joe Hill's tribute to one of the IWW organizers, Elizabeth Gurley Flynn. Flynn was uh, one of the favorite IWW organizers. Okay. I'm going to take a little break now. Come right back in a second. Okay, back now. You're listening to Labor and Love, and we're coming to you from Mutiny Radio, where every Saturday morning we 
broadcast live and record the show. So if you don't catch the live broadcast from 10 to 12 on Saturday, that's not a good time for you. You can always get to our podcasts, our archives. MutinyRadio.fm slash podcasts and find Labor and Love and a whole bunch of other shows. Uh, we've got conversation. We've got a lot of conversation, actually. We've got uh, every variety of music. Um, just a lot going on down here. Come and be part of it. This is mutinyradio.fm broadcasting from the mission. I was reminded the other day of the Dixie Chicks. The Dixie Chicks uh, became my favorite country and western group not so much by their music which I later came to appreciate greatly it's a great band uh, at any rate in March of 2003 in the run up to the invasion of Iraq Natalie Maines uh, well let, let's Here's the story. This Dixie chick torched her career when she trashed George W. Bush and she'd do it again. And what Natalie Maines did was um, she stepped out of at an interview and she said, just so you know, we're on the good side with y'all. We do not want this war, this violence. And we're ashamed of the President of the United States that he's from Texas. The three of them, of course, were from Texas. And so, Natalie Maines was uh, vilified by a big part of uh, her audience. She tweeted recently, just, you know, 12 years ago today, over half of this country had lost their minds and some questioned my know-it-allness. In other words, saying, see, I was right. Since then, the Dixie Chicks' career has definitely taken a dive. While the Dixie Chicks have done spectacularly well, they've sold a, sold a total of 30.5 million albums as of 2014 and raked in 13 Grammy Awards, including five in 2007 for their album Taking the Long Way. They haven't released an album since 2006, and things simply haven't been the same. Uh, we got an interview with Natalie Maines. I want to check and see where we are. This is Reverb Press. 
The interviewer is Belinda Luscombe. Songwriter. She's best known as the lead singer of the Dixie Chicks, who are best known for their album Taking the Long Way, which won lots and lots of Grammys and sold lots and lots of copies. And I'm super glad to say she's here with us today. She's got a new album called Mother. Natalie, thanks for coming. Thank you. Okay, so the last time you were in Time magazine, you were on the cover. It's almost seven years ago to the day since that happened. And then, what you been doing? <laughs> I've been being a mother raising my two boys, Slade and Beckett, with my husband, Adrian. The new album is called Mother. Why did you, is it because of the break that you took for motherhood that you called it that? Uh, I felt like it was a word that everyone would have some sort of emotion about, because uh, everyone has a mother. So whatever emotions your mother conjures up for you, um, you know, I just felt like it would make people feel something. In the Time story, one of the things you said was that what shocked you about the controversy over your remarks at the London concert was that people seemed to be asking you to change who you were. And I wonder if seven years on and having seen, having been through motherhood and, and different things, if you still hold that view that you can't change who you are. I mean, I recognize things in myself that I want to change and I work on those, but um, that particular circumstance or instance isn't one of the things I feel proud that I spoke up and that I, um, you know, exercised my right to free speech and I think it's very scary that so much of the country uh, criticized me for doing that. It did at the time cause a huge ruckus and I'm sure you get asked about it all the time and for a while you had to have quite serious security. I mean there was, it, it was quite alarming the yeah. opprobrium that you faced. Has that all died down now or is it still it has. I do worry a little bit that being out, you know, I've sort of disappeared, so I wasn't on people's minds. So it's crossed my mind. Um, do I want to get back on people's minds? <laughs> Will this lead to something scary? I hope not. Since Taking the Long Way, which was, as we've discussed, an enormous success, there hasn't been another Dixie Chicks album. Nope. How come? After the Grammys that night, um, something just felt like the ending of a chapter to me or the ending of a battle <laughs> and I was victorious <laughs> and I was walking away. So country music is not something I'm dying to get back into. According to what I've read, which may or may not be true since it's on the ever-reliable internet, mm -hmm. uh, y in, you are actually more of a holdout than Emily or Marty is. They would actually m like to get back to making music and reform the Dixie Chicks and you've been the reluctant one. Is that true? Um, I mean, they have kids as well. I know. We'd have to ask them, but yes, they would probably be up for it before I would be. Uh, but they understand. Do you think if the country music establishment had stood by you more when you did make those remarks that you would be less reluctant to return and make another album? Um, yeah, probably. That definitely had something to do with it. I never felt like I fit into that country genre before I joined it and then when we were so accepted I thought oh it's not what I always thought it was it's not closed-minded and conservative here they are accepting me well they thought I was something else I guess because when <laughs> and I never you know tried to hide my politics or my liberalism um, but I don't know I guess people see what they want to see so it was really sort of a disappointment to me to see that all the stereoty stereotypes that I thought of as a child about country music 
Mm, they really were. They really are there. Natalie, thanks so much. Thank you. Okay, that was an interview uh, with Time Magazine, where Natalie Maines talks about uh, her life since those remarks. The uh, well, let's listen to a little Dixie Chicks. This one's Traveling Soldier, and then the second one is the one that they made after the big um, scandal about her remarks, not ready to make nice. Two days past 18, he was waiting for the bus in his army green, sat down in a booth in a cafe there, gave his order to a girl with a bow in her hair. He's a little shy, so she give him a smile, and he said, would you mind sitting down for a while and talking to me? I'm feeling a little low She said I'm off in an hour And I know where we can go So they went down and they sat on the pier He said I bet you got a boyfriend But I don't care I got no one to send a letter to Would you mind if I sent one
saying a man said, folks, would you bow your heads for a list of local Vietnam dead? Crying all alone under the stands was a piccolo player in the marching band and one name red and nobody really cared. But a pretty little girl with a bow in her
I'm not sure I could They say Time heals everything But I'm still was Natalie Maines. Two days past 18, he was Natalie Maines with uh, Not Ready to Make Nice, her rather defiant response to uh, her treatment after she made her comments about the invasion of Iraq and the character of the American president, Texan like herself. Before that, we had Traveling Soldier, the Dixie Chips, Chicks uh, anti-war song about a woman who meets a young soldier one evening and uh, a romance develops. Well, you heard it. <laughs> and uh, it's amazing how once one exercises the rights that we're supposed to have the criticism that they take for it, not for what they say is what's the true issue, okay? If she was um, making statements of support for President Bush, nothing. everyone would be fine. That would be, everyone would love that. But that's not the case. Okay, and every week, we bring you uh, labor news from around the world. First, we have um, Labor Radio. Oh, Radio Labor, pardon me. That's, that's our worldwide broadcast. Here we go with Radio Labor, then we'll follow that up with the national one, Workers Independent Network. Sorry for the delay. Well, let's play Workers International News. Guardia in New York were joined by other airport workers around the country in a one-day strike Thursday, demanding $15 an hour and union rights. Striker Jose Cruz works at JFK International Airport in New York. We're not being compensated enough to do all the things that's required. I pay a little bit of rent, I pay my bills, and at the end of the day, I still have an uh, empty fridge. Somebody, you know, shouldn't be living like that. Results are expected to be announced this weekend in the UAW Ford worker vote on the tentative new labor contract. On Friday, a slim majority 
majority of UAW Ford workers had voted against the contract, but thousands of workers had yet to vote on the deal. The latest plan to vote against it was in Chicago. In other UAW news, an NLRB election for skilled trades workers at the BW plant in Chattanooga has been set for December 3rd and 4th. UAW Local 42 President Mike Cantrell. We've had a lot of outside interference before. Hopefully we won't have it now. Hopefully we can let the people there in the plant that work there every day decide this election this time. The UAW also this week announced a new partnership with the German union, IG Metall, to bring German-style works council representation to workers at German plants in the U.S. South. 94% voted straight. UAW workers at Kohler are on strike for the first time since the 1980s. UAW Local 833 says the issues include bringing lower-tier workers up to full compensation status with the rest of the UAW members. Local 833 President Tim Taylor. Two things that are on the table that we asked for was the lower-tier people to be brought up whole, and we have a big issue with the insurance. The Coalition of Immokalee Workers took their campaign to get Wendy's to sign on to the Fair Food Program to the fast food chain's headquarters in New York City Monday. The Coalition of Immokalee Workers Lupe Gonzalo, speaking through an interpreter, explains what the workers are asking Wendy's to do. And basically what we're asking from Wendy's is that they pay a penny more per pound. That would be less at the farm from which they purchased and pass Education is a right! The 25,000 educators at City University of New York have been without a contract since 2010 and without raises for six years. Several dozen faculty were recently arrested in a protest demanding a contract and salary increases. Penny Lewis, who teaches at the Murphy Institute, told WBAI's Building Bridges program that this fight is in support of college education for working-class New Yorkers. There's enough money in the state and enough money in the CUNY system to deliver us a decent contract. Workers Independent News provided by Diversified Media Enterprises. I'm Doug Cunningham. And this is Labor and Love. Um, Right at the top of the 11 o'clock hour. I'm going to play a couple of songs for a young woman out there. Hopefully you'll uh, appreciate them too. Till I'm gone and 
face that we had my personal message going out to a certain young lady. First was Bill Withers with uh, Lean On Me. Whatever happened to Bill Withers? For a while there, he was the hottest thing going. Uh, Lean On Me by Bill Withers and then uh, Sweet Sue, Just You by uh, Benny Goodman Trio. I want to talk a little about the movie um, Suffragette. I went to see Suffragette last night. And it's uh, hard to tell if if uh, her char- the character Maud, Maud Watts is based on a real person or if it's a sort of an amalgamation of a lot of causes that women have because the the struggle in the movie isn't just about uh, uh, votes for women it's broader than that because in the film uh, the woman gets her child taken away from her she has no rights over her children Uh, The husband decides everything. So anyway, she finally, she had, at the beginning, she's kind of just struggling along with her husband, who she loves. They have a good, seems like they have a good uh, situation together. And a young son named George, and how she gradually gets sucked into the struggle for the vote. Because she thinks it's right. And how she becomes radicalized and the women around her become radicalized. And uh, it's a good one to go see. I remember there was a, uh, a BBC story about the suffrage campaign in England and... Parts of it had to be uh, excised from from the show when it was televised because the authorities or somebody complained that the scenes depicting the forced feeding of women hunger strikers was too much for people to watch. Well, if it's too much for people to watch, it should have been too much for people to do. But of course it wasn't. <clears throat> so go see Suffragettes. You got Kerry Mulligan, Elena Bonham Carter, Brendan Gleeson, and Meryl Streep, who does a cameo as the great leader of the women's suffrage movement, Emlyn Pankhurst. funny isn't how now with uh, Donald Trump talking about ID cards for Muslim people in the United States it's amazing how our rights disappear at the very moment when we need them the most remember President Nixon's famous saying that uh, there was a professor Genovese who was under fire for some 
controversial remarks to his class about the Vietnam War. And this was right before Nixon was elected. Um, yeah, so Nixon, Nixon was asked about this. Gen, Professor Genovese, doesn't he have free speech rights? And Nixon said, if it comes to a choice between prof uh, Professor Genovese exercising his right of free speech here and American boys in Vietnam fighting for that right, I'll take the American boys every time. <clears throat> Interesting point of view, that a right and the exercise of the right are somehow divorced. Sure, you have the right, just shut up. No. Um, if rights, people's rights go down the drain at the time when it's the most crucial and the time when it's the hardest to maintain that right. That's when it needs to be maintained. Democracy is about protecting the minority of people as well as the will of the majority. There's a limit to that. You think you have rights? You have rights, huh? Well, George Carlin disagrees. Here's one more item for you, the last in our civics book, rights. Boy, everyone in this country's always running around yammering about their fucking rights. I have a right, you have no right, we have a right, they don't have a right. Folks, I hate to spoil your fun, but there's no such thing as rights, okay? They're imaginary. We made them up, like the boogeyman. <laughs> the Three Little Pigs, Pinocchio, Mother Goose, shit like that. Rights are an idea. They're just imaginary. They're a cute idea. Cute. But that's all cute and fictional. But if you think you do have rights, let me ask you this. Where do they come from? People say, well, they come from God. They're God-given rights. Oh, fuck. Here we go again. Here we go again. The God excuse. The last refuge of a man with no answers and no argument. It came from God. Anything we can't describe must have come from God. Personally, folks, I believe that if your rights came from God, he would have given you the right to some food every day, and he would have given you the right to a roof over your head. God would have been looking out for you. God would have been looking out for you. You know that? He wouldn't have been worried about making sure you have a gun so you get drunk on Sunday night and kill your girlfriend's parents. But let's say it's true. Let's say God gave us these rights. Why would he give us a certain number of rights? The Bill of Rights in this country has 10 stipulations, okay? 10 rights. And apparently God was doing sloppy work that week because we've had to amend the Bill of Rights an additional 17 times. So God forgot a couple of things like slavery. Just fucking slipped his mind. But let's say Let's say God gave us the original 10. He gave the British 13. The British Bill of Rights has 13 stipulations. The Germans have 29. The Belgians have 25. The Swedish have only six. And some people in the world have no rights at all. What kind of a fucking goddamn God-given deal is that? No rights at all? Why would God give different people in different countries different numbers of different rights? Boredom? Amusement, bad arithmetic, 
Do we find out at long last, after all this time, that God is weak in math skills? Doesn't sound like divine planning to me. Sounds more like human planning. Sounds more like one group trying to control another group. In other words, business as usual in America. Now, if you think you do have rights, one last assignment for you. Next time you're at the computer, get on the internet, go to Wikipedia. When you get to Wikipedia, in the search field for Wikipedia, I want you to type in Japanese Americans 1942, and you'll find out all about your precious fucking rights, okay? All right, you know about it. You know about it. Yeah. In 1942, there were 110,000 Japanese American citizens in good standing, law-abiding people who were thrown into internment camps simply because their parents were born in the wrong country. That's all they did wrong. They had no right to a lawyer, no right to a fair trial, no right to a jury of their peers, no right to due process of any kind. The only right they had, right this way. <laughs> into the internment camps. Just when these American citizens needed their rights the most, their government took them away. And rights aren't rights if someone can take them away. They're privileges. That's all we've ever had in this country is a bill of temporary privileges. And if you read the news even badly, you know that every year the list gets shorter and shorter and shorter. You see how similar? Yeah. Sooner or later, the people in this country are going to realize the government does not give a fuck about them. Government doesn't care about you or your children or your rights or your welfare or your safety. It simply doesn't give a fuck about you. It's interested in its own power. That's the only thing, keeping it and expanding it wherever possible. Personally, when it comes to rights, I think one of two things is true. I think either we have unlimited rights or we have no rights at all. Personally, I lean toward unlimited rights. I feel, for instance, I have the right to do anything I please. But if I do something you don't like, I think you have the right to kill me. So where are you going to find a fairer fucking deal than that? So the next time some asshole says to you, I have a right to my opinion, you say, oh yeah, well I have a right to my opinion, and my opinion is you have no right to your opinion. Then shoot the fuck and walk away. Thank you. George Carlin, um, late George Carlin, right on the money about your rights and, and what are rights if they can be taken away? What are rights if whenever it's most important for them to be there, they're taken away? 31 governors refused to take refugees from a war-torn country, which we're involved in the war. We're involved in causing their plight. We've got uh, John McCain on record as saying that the U.S. should arm groups like ISIS, the people who were fighting against... Um, who were fighting in Syria against Assad. 
Let's see if I can find that. And we'll... we'll um, John McCain, a couple of years ago. Maybe not that long ago. You're listening to Labor and Love. And... Um, This is the B, the Union B, that is. According to George Carlin, you have no rights. <laughs> All over the world, people are protesting. Here's anti-flag.
That was uh, Public Enemy with Fight the Power, the prototypical hip-hop protest song. Full of a lot of raw feeling, a lot of real feeling. Um, Sometimes uh, rappers seem almost transfixed by their rhymes or their routine. And... uh, just like anything, their walk, their work doesn't sound fresh and up to date. But Public Enemy always has that, as you could hear in "Fight the Power." And before "Fight the Power," 
We had you can kill the protester, but you can't kill the protest. Referring to the protests all over the world where people are standing up for their rights. It's our uh, project, right, to unite working people all over the world. As always, this show is dedicated to the 150 American workers who will lose their lives today on uh, job-related conditions or on-the-job conditions. 150. Over 1,000 a week. huh? That's 52,000 a year. And who knows how many more. If we look at uh, world statistics, that number's 350. Uh, pardon me. 3,500. 3,500 workers every day lose their lives because of, because of on-the-job things that happened or conditions brought about by their work. 3,500. Okay, this show's for you. This day in labor history. Oh, I wanted to play Nina Simone. sure why. I think it's uh, her attitude and the way she unites her anger with her music.
Simone and want to play one more of Nina Simone.
to do my very best Stand up, be counted with all the rest Cause everybody knows about Mississippi Goddamn Now you heard him He's one of you If you have been moved at all And you know my songs at all For God's sakes, join me Don't sit back there The time is too late now Good God You know The king is dead The king of love is dead I ain't about to be non-violent, honey. Oh, no. Picket lines, schoolboy cops. They try to say it's a communist spot. But all I want is equality for my sister, my brother, my people, and me. And I loved him. Because he believed it, he lived by it. But you lied to me all the years. You told me to wash and clean my ears and talk real fine, just like a lady. And you stopped calling my mama and said it. Hear me now. But my country is full of lies. We all gonna die and die like flies. But I don't trust nobody anymore. Keep on saying go slow. That's just the trouble. Nina Simone with uh, her rendition of uh, her song, Mississippi Goddamn. Let's talk labor history. Today in labor history, November 20th, 1896, Rose Pacetta. It looks like a nice middle-aged Italian lady. Union organizer, anarchist, and vice president of the International Lady Garment Workers Union is born. Pacetta began working in a shirtwaist factory in New York in 1913 and there became involved with ILGWU Local 25. 
She went on to organize tirelessly for the union around the country and in 1934 was elected vice president of the ILGWU. This is at todayinlaborhistory.tumblr.com and there's a photo of Rose Pacetta, the first woman to hold that position. In this photo, Pacetta was taken into custody <coughs> during the 1941 Los Angeles garment strike. She was charged with battery of a police officer. Rose Pacetta. November 22nd, 1909. Approximately 20,000 garment workers in New York City went on strike against the horrendous conditions of their sweatshops. The strike known as the Uprising of the 20,000 was the largest strike led by women in American history to that time. They were vilified in the popular press, of course. The bad press forced the and the sweatshop owners, once people started to see the conditions that these young women were working under, the sweatshop owners had to negotiate with the workers. Workers wanted to hold the line at getting the union shop, but after 11 weeks without work and only tepid support for the ILGWU International, they were forced back to work with only minimum gains and without the union shop. Only 11, only 1,000 out of the 20,000 were still on the picket lines, succumbing to the greatest enemy of the strike, poverty. That said, the manufacturers did agree to some real concessions that made the strike worthwhile, including a 52-hour work week, what does that mean? You work every week? Doesn't sound like a gain to me. Four paid holidays and the end of having to buy one's own work materials. Plus a general agreement to negotiate pay rates. On the other hand, conditions of work did not improve much at all. Because of some of these victories, the uh, sweatshop workers, garment owners were forced to adapt some safety regulations, but some did not. And the, some were the owners of the infamous Triangle Shirtwaist, which two years later would see the death of hundreds of workers because they, they couldn't get out of a building during a fire. There's a song about the uh, uprising of the 20,000. In the black of winter. Let's see. I wonder if we can. I guess not. In the black of the winter of nine. In the black of the winter of 1909, when we froze and bled on the picket line, 
We showed the world that women could fight and we rose and won with women's might. <clears throat> Hail to the waste makers of 199 taking their stand on the picket line. <clears throat> Breaking the power of those who reign, pointing the way, smashing the chain. And we gave new courage to the men who carried on in 1910, and shoulder to shoulder will win through, led by the ILGWU. Today in labor history, six miners striking for better working conditions under the IWW banner were killed and many wounded in the Columbine Massacre at Lafayette, Colorado, an earlier Columbine massacre. How could uh, how could Michael Moore have have missed this? Out of this struggle, Colorado coal miners gained lasting union contracts. In 1927, the United Auto Workers strikes 92 General Motors plants in 50 cities to back up worker demands for better pay. First use of the term scab by Albany Typographical Society. Time clock is invented by William Bundy a jeweler in Auburn, New York. It's one of our eternal enemies. Bundy's brother Harlow starts mass producing them a year later. This day in labor history. Eleven forty-eight. Time to go. As usual, I have more on my plate than uh, I have time for. This is the B. Reminding you that if one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, another person worked for a dollar they didn't get. And if you don't have a seat at the negotiating table, such as your union or your association or your group, you're probably on the menu and never but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. Also about sins of omission, there is one particularly Hello's out there. Namely, it isn't as though it had been a riotous red lot of day. The talking computer. Um... It's about 10 minutes to 11 now, so we're going to sign off. Calls out to uh, Vita and Sylvia and uh, Suni Ray in her day. And Nepo and Solina, Vita, the whole gang. Um, this is the B reminding you that there's a world to win out there. Stop and look around. We have the power in our hands to make a new world. And we've got uh, 
Kaori Miraji to remind us about it. Insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite. I'm gonna guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternative to smoking. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby! Good, because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again! And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4altacalifornia.com. That's 4altacalifornia.com for a non-addictive, pharmaceutical, free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4altacalifornia.com. Join us every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. for Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin, bringing you the best of San Francisco's underground comedy scene here every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. It's only $2. You can bring your own beer and listen to comedy here every Friday, 8 to 10 p.m., 21st in Florida. It's mutinyradio.fm.
the House of Pride radio show, LGBT radio for everyone. Funky interviews, funky beats, talking drag queens, and much, much more. It's LGBT radio for everyone. Listen live every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. House of Pride Radio, LGBT radio for everyone. Celebrating the considerable contributions of the LGBT community in San Francisco and beyond. Every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. Listen here for hot new local beats by LGBT artists and listen to live interviews. Tune in. Turn on every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m., House of Pride Radio with drag queen personalities, Tweeka Turner and Pearl T. Are you sick of reading the news? Do you even bother to read the news anymore? Do you need someone to read it to you because it's just so disgusting and depressing? If so, then the Weekly Review is the show for you. Join Roman Reimer as Roman reads the news, whether it be LGBTQ issues, cannabis legalization, prison abolition, police brutality, or many other issues that sometimes the media just doesn't feel the need to cover. Listen in, Fridays at noon, Mutiny Radio. Roman's also joined by activists, community organizers, artists, and many other great folks working to make the world a better place. Have no fear. The news is here. And if you feel like yelling about it, well then Roman will be yelling with you. The Weekly Review, Fridays at noon, on Mutiny Radio. Hello, comrades. This is your comrade, Zach Wiseman, host of government-sponsored program, Communist Folding Chairs, mandated by the Kremlin to occur every Monday, 2 to 4 p.m., broadcast by our comrades at mutinyradio.fm. Sit, relax, listen to my comrades in stand-up comrade march honorably through their cold balance sets, and other comrades make fun of them. Because in Mother Russia, if you can't laugh about starving for turnip and beet, and attention, you are a capitalist pig, and the KB, KGB will visit you shortly. Every Monday, 2 to 4 p.m. Miren, miren! Es un pájaro? Es un avión? No! It's a Looking to invest in the future of your community? MutinyRadio.fm and the Boys and Girls Club Mission Clubhouse needs your help. Please donate to keep the Radio Clash you listen to right now alive on the air every Thursday from 4.50 to 5.50 p.m. Donations are tax deductible. Donate online at www.MutinyRadio.fm or just stop by the station at 21st Street and Florida. That's 2781 21st Street and throw some cash in the big glass jar. Stop by to experience live audience friendly shows every day of the week and know that you're supporting the future of the mission by keeping free speech alive for all ages. This PSA is brought to you by your friends and community partners at MutinyRadio.fm. Hi, I'm Chuck Weiss. If you're an old baby boomer like me, pain is probably something you've learned to live with by now. 
Yes, there are drugs on the market that help, but they come with side effects and shouldn't be used for extended periods of time. But fortunately, there is an effective natural pain reliever available in this state, medical cannabis. Let me tell you about Alta California Botanicals. They're a manufacturer of fine cannabis tinctures. Now you can take your medication in liquid form, much more discreet than pulling out a pipe and lighting up. Alta California Botanicals offers five different formulations, each one addressing a specific medical concern. There are two that are designed for pain, one to be swallowed, of course, and a new one for external use only. I'm going to have to try that one myself on my arthritic fingers. There's a tincture for stress and one for anxiety. They'll certainly keep you mellow. And there's even one for people who suffer from MS. The cannabis tinctures from Alta California Botanicals come in one half ounce bottles. Each batch is laboratory tested and certified free of pesticides and mold. In other words, completely natural and unadulterated. Alta California Botanicals doesn't sell directly to the public, of course, but if you visit their website at Alta, A-L-T-A, CaliforniaBotanicals.com and enter your zip code, they'll give you a list of dispensaries near you that keep their tinctures in stock. Now here's a tip for the holiday season. Keep a couple of extra bottles of the stress formula handy. It'll help maintain your cool amongst all that shopping madness. I'm Chuck Weiss. Hey, howdy, people. This is Flat Black Blask on Mutiny Radio. FM. All the records being played today, I bought it last Monday at Community Thrift. Enjoy. <laughs> Well, a young man ain't got nothing in the world these days. 